You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Broken Record, Record, Record (laughs) Podcast, Podcast. All right. I say it's a broken record because based on the last three games, you're, uh, you know, what is this? Your biggest measurement, measuring stick of the season. I don't know. There's lots of ways you can look at this. There's lots of perspectives, but. I don't know about you. I have a feeling you're probably on the same page. I think this will probably end up with a conversation about Brad Living make the fucking team better. So we'll see if we can get there and how fast. But we have, I don't think we'll probably even bother covering the Chicago game um, because really the meat of what we're going to talk about is the three straight losses against what? Three of the top five teams in the league. I don't see how anybody doesn't have those three. Maybe Carolina's just outside the top five. Well, aren't but, they like the best team in terms of point percentage though in the league? So like, fuck dude, those are three. Those are just three of the best teams in the league. Yeah, I have in my top five: yeah. Toronto and Colorado. Vegas is probably right outside, right outside of that. But oh boy, and I guess like I was seething. Until I started listening to some Daryl interviews before getting on here. So I'm glad I did that. Put me into sort of perspective. It keeps me level-headed. But I don't know. Um, I didn't actually spend too much time on Twitter during this game because uh, I was watching with family and I was interacting with them instead of online. But I would imagine... or something? (laughs) I would imagine that... The overall, like, where would you say most Flames fans are sitting right now in terms of positivity or just optimism about what this team can accomplish, this specific team, this roster? Well, it is kind of a, it's it's kind of a lower point of the season because what are they like two, six, and one in their last nine? Not great. And you just got spanked by three really good teams. Spanked. Like spanked. Um, I would say more like a bitch slap, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I can bitch slapped. Is a bitch so, slap. I think most people are at the point where you said it's like, are we going to make this team? I think most people are, is this going to be ring around the fucking Rosie again? Are we going to do this again? We're just going to like, uh, maybe make the playoffs and like get smoked in round one again. Is that where this is headed? So I don't think I don't think people are at the point where it's like, oh, do we suck or are we good? Like blah blah blah. I think people are just like, okay, there's two paths here. We can either go down the path we've gone down the last five six years, or something can happen and this team can be made better and we can try something different. So I think the general temperature is 
okay, this team has proven they can be a playoff team. They can be a good team under Daryl Sutter, but obviously there are limitations to what they can do given the personnel. And if that is not improved or addressed, then it's going to be the same old story. So I think it's, it's a frustration, not necessarily a freaking out of the skies falling type thing. It's just like, I think most people know where we are and potentially frustrated of what's to come. If this persists. Yeah. It's a bit of a reality check, right? I mean, we've had a good season so far. I mean, before our return to play here after 18 days off, we weren't even allowed to fucking practice, but before the return to play, they still had the highest winning percentage in the Pacific second only in the West to Colorado. Well, and they played two really good games coming out of that against lesser opponents. Sure. But they're still good. But if you're looking at that kind of, you know, there's two ways you can go down. You're throwing that scenario. I just can't help, but it's kind of like when Jeff Ward was our coach and you want to get amped up for a season and you're like, okay, well, you know, let's get our hopes up here. What could happen? What might happen? But in the back of your mind, you're just like, yeah, but it's Jeff Ward. He's going to sink us. And it's not quite as intense as that. But when you uh, paint that picture of like two pathways we can go down here, maybe this team can get better. I feel the same way about at this point that you're living, calling the shots. I just do not have faith that he can make this team better because you're low. And this is why I open record broken record. Cause I mean, this has been our MO for what going on four years, at least where I am legitimately don't have the faith in him as a, a hockey mind to move this team forward any further than, than it is currently. And look, we joke around about it. We say he gets lucky quite often. He, he holds with, you know, what, 25 games? I guess we're 30-plus games in the season now. 32 or something. But <clears throat> even with all that said, I mean, he strikes gold with Daryl Sutter. But that's not enough. I mean, and here's my thing. I'm looking at this, and I'm like, we need a general manager that has the perfect combination of balls and brains because you saw what happens when you – when you have the balls, but not the brains up in Edmonton with, with Sorelli, right? Like, like he wasn't afraid fucking thing to the detriment of that fucking organization in that city. Brad, I think lucky for us flames fan doesn't have the same size of ball because I don't necessarily think he has the brains to figure out what this team needs. It's just watching pre and post game interviews of Darrow before each of these three teams. And one thing he's saying is, yeah, they're all constructed similarly. They're all, they are all very similar. Lots of size and there's lots of speed and there's lots of skill. But if you're looking at even the media and you're looking at, you know, think of how much success Tampa's had, how much success Carolina's had. And now, now add Florida to that list in the last, you know, two, three plus seasons. I mean, you've made this point many, many times. Carolina, 
you know, these are teams that are built on analytics. And I think the ruling is still out that analytics can help you win in the playoff. It becomes a different animal. But I don't think there's any argument at all anymore on the other side of things. Analytics help you win in the, in the regular season because it's 82 fucking games. It's game after game. It's week after week. If you have enough play drivers and you know each individual player, right, generate enough expected goals and all this stuff, to me it's a no-brainer in how you have regular season success. Now, we know that Brad Tree Living, and this has been one of final about this, right, about the whole analytics side of the game. Listening to you arguing about Brad Tree Living and his dumb, dumb moves, right, I mean, what was the comparison? Was it expected goals or was it war? Wins above replacement. What we lost in the offseason in the players that we let walk compared to what we gained? Yeah, wasn't that? Yeah, it was wins above replacement. It was a wash pretty much. But you spent more money. <laughs> you got analytically, you got worse. But Daryl has been the magic formula. Now, the whole thing with the whole brains and balls thing, I think that's part of the brains aspect. But then now you have, it seems like Daryl is pulling the strings, right? Like every single one of these offseason acquisitions looked like a straight-up Sutter hire. You even had Sutter recruiting Gabranson. And so, I don't know. We've seen Sutter. We've seen this play out with Sutter before. Hell one of the all-time greats. And then when he went up into the, the press box to manage position, he stunk at it. And I'm just kind of sitting here. It's just like, imagine if you had a one-two combo with a GM, stood the coach, but still had the balls and the brains to make call his own shot and build his own team, you know, based on what he, how far he thinks that coach can take it. Because I don't think we have that one-two punch right now. We have the fucking coaching there, but I don't know. I and, and I know we've we spent a lot of time on this podcast, you know, harping on on Brad Schilling, but we're from that analogy of like, do they do they complement each other as coach to move us forward? Because that's where we're at. I mean, you look at these last three games, I think it's a reality check, it's a fucking slap in the face. There's certain things we can pull from it but we are not competing for a Stanley with this roster. And if that's the case, well, then where do you go from here? Cause this is kind of like the end of the road for Brad. You're living. It's a seven years culmination has brought us to this point. I'll let you take it away. I've been rambling. So I'm sure you have lots to say. Well, I think what you said is, is the takeaway, right? Cause everyone's like, Oh, is the like, did you really think the flames were as good as the lightning or the Panthers or the hurricanes? No, Well, you thought they'd be able to, you know, not get creamed by them. Um, but the rosters, the takeaway is the roster is not good enough. And I found Daryl's comments like really funny and interesting. Like how many times did he say this week? Like he straight up said after the Tampa Bay laws, they're asking him like, Oh, what do you think? He's like, it doesn't matter what we did. They're better. Yep. It's like, Oh, and then I think he was talking about Florida the night previous Oh, no, he's talking about Tampa Bay again, about how they've won Stanley Cups based on depth, and you need depth, and they've got so much depth, and they're just so deep. 
<laughs> it's like, oh, okay, well, Flames certainly aren't that. And then, I mean, like, he's blatantly called out the lack of finishing talent on this team before and again previously. Like, I think he said something. All these last few games kind of blend together. It might have been after the Florida game. He's like, we had a ton of chances. Couldn't finish them. You've heard him. I've heard him say this. We can't finish the last two or three games. And you've heard, like, remember when the first thing he said? It was like, we don't have enough elite talent on this team. We don't, period. We don't have the guys. Yep. It's like, okay. The coach sees what's wrong. Like, I don't how. What else do you take away from that? When the coach says, when the coach says, the team we just played tonight, it doesn't. He essentially said it doesn't matter how we played or how well we could have played. The other team's better. What do you take away from that, as a fan, let alone as like the G? Like, what does the GM think of that? Well, like, that's that. Why... That's the analysis from the guy who runs this club. Is we are not as good as this other team over here. No matter how well we play, we're never going to be dumb. Essentially, is what he's saying. Yeah, the roster is not good enough. So, but so that's that's why I went on a little rant because I mean I think that's where we're at. I think that's why when when you're, I think that's why you know when you go through these three losses against. I mean, currently, I, you got to throw Colorado in there too, but that's those are the three best teams in the league currently. That's one hell of a t- yeah. <laughs> Holy fuck. Well, but I don't even th- I don't even think they were necessarily really bad games. Like I think Tampa, like that was a sh- game. Tampa showed you what's what, and you got creamed by the Hurricanes in the, in the last two periods of this game. But I mean, in the first period against Florida, first period against Carolina, they were pretty good. So I don't think it's that the Flames played three shitty games. They, it's not like they came out like if Jeff Ward would have put it, they were emotionally not engaged. I think they did what they, I think they tried to implement their game plan. They're just like, as soon as the Gaudreau line gets off the ice, it's like fucking open season for the other team. You look at like Florida's depth chart, even it's like, okay, the top lines match up. And then it's just like, okay, there's three really good lines on Florida and the flames have one really good line. So it's like they just get eaten alive because they don't have – it's not even depth. They have no depth. When you have guys like Michael Backlund and Sean Monahan putting – playing the way they're playing right now, which is killing this team, and then you, you have – like we were joking before we came on here, like saying, okay, what Stanley Cup winning team has all four of like Pitlick, Richardson, Lewis, and Richie on their active roster? Like zero, nobody. So, man, oh man, I think I think what we're seeing is the Flames have kind of hit their limit of what they can do based on who's on their team. And I mean, were we not at this point to begin the season though already? Yeah, I think we were, and we were just like, I I don't think I I think we were expecting a lot more of Coleman. I think was was a gist was a expectation we were also banking on monahan not being fucking useless so and i think even we were expecting more out of coleman back when and monahan totally even though we're saying this and here's what i we're going to spend time on this too is like there are some things that we saw in the last few games 
that we can pull silver linings, you know, maybe potentially things you can build off. But even though we're sitting here saying Coleman's starting to, maybe we should just leave him in Tampa and see if we can get someone else back. Eh? Like he's starting to uh, pick things up. Now that he's playing, you know, his former rivals and his former team, but man, he has to, he has to keep going. I mean, like at this point, because we're starting the season saying, look, the only way you have a success, Monaghan has to score goals. Monaghan has to at least have some resemblance of the old Monaghan. I think the book's out, man. Like, is this guy done officially? Cooked? Like, oh. like he? I guess he will. He will not stop point for us because as long as he's on this club and you're paying him close to six million burning a fucking hole in your pocket like like a few other pieces um and you're sitting here saying well the roster's not good enough he will not he will be a talking point until he's not on the team or until oh well, he'll be a talking boy because you fucking need him to score goals if he gets a, if he gets a if he scores one power play goal in the last three games, maybe you get a point or two out of the last three games, right? Like, fuck. But I think man, also... Man, there's, and there's, sorry to cut you up, but there's one play tonight against the Hurricanes where you, oh, he gets Jesus it in the Christ. high slot. Perfect shot. It's like, okay, are we going to see Sean Monaghan score in the same spot we've seen him score 400 fucking goals? Before? Why is he passing it? Why? Dude, you pretty much only know how to shoot. Like, that's like your only – you can't skate, you can't hit, you can't fight. Not that great on draws. You're not good at defense. You're not good in the neutral zone. Not even that great in the ozone. Gener- you're not even that great at – You can't do anything but shoot, bud. You can't play drive. Don't – when you get the – Sean Monahan, when you get the – anywhere near the net and you're in remote distance – to get the puck on that fucking shoot it. Like this, this is like basic hawk. Like this guy has zero confidence. Is that why he'd rather risk passing it through a guy's skates didn't work anyways. And to fucking shoot the puck when he has a lane. I don't understand it. It's fucking mind boggling. Oh dude. It's like, he doesn't want the puck on his stick like at all period. Like that's what he looks like. Every time he gets the puck, he's like, how can I get rid of this? This is like, you know, when you're a kid and you're like, scared to play or you're nervous or you don't have much confidence that's what he looks like it's so bad right now but i think what you're all i think what you're also seeing is because like again the thing i kind of noticed was like geez it was really open season like th- the flames for being such a defensive stalwart like how many goals did they allow like 16 goals over the last three games yep fucking brutal and they the d right. is Plummeting. Rasmus Anderson, Noah Hannafin have had three really, really bad games. Dude, no, um, Rasmus Anderson's been hard to watch, man. He's been terrible. And I think this is another thing you're seeing is like, hey, now, <laughs> now that we're getting into the dog days of the season, this is when you start missing Mark Giordano and having an elite number one defenseman. This is when now it's starting to show, you know, the, the cracks. The cracks on this roster are starting to be made more evident where, you know, at first it was like, yeah, hey, Branson's playing okay. You know, like some of these guys are hanging in there. Now it's like night in, night out. You're, you're playing tougher teams. You're playing 
more games. You've had this dumb COVID shit happen. Now you're starting to see the cracks in the roster emerge a little bit more. And you're seeing like how spe- how specific the conditions have to be for the Flames to win. It's like, okay, if Jacob Markstrom is, is in net in one of the last two games, maybe he has Jacob Markstrom performance and he wins you a game. You know, but like for three or three or more things to go wrong, you don't score your goal. Ten- and I mean, Vladar was good against Tampa Bay. Not, not so good tonight. Um, your goaltending has to be great. You can't allow the other team any chances and you have to score on the power play. If the flames don't do three of those things, like they're fucking toast. They didn't do all three. They didn't do any of those Deep. things. Their defense breakdown after break. They could not handle Florida one bit. Their defense. Dude, that was the, dude, the Tampa Bay game was something else, but they couldn't handle Florida. They couldn't handle Tampa Bay and they certainly can handle the hurricanes tonight, but. The Tampa Bay Lightning picked apart the Flames. They looked like a peewee team out there, man. That was brutal. And, I mean, I get it. It's Tampa Bay, but, like, Kucher liked it. I was – Sean Avery does actually a really good job breaking stuff down on his Instagram. He was just breaking down some plays by Kucherov in that game. Holy shit, man. He's He's got to be the best player in the game. Like, how long was he out for? And he just he was so good that game. Well, they said he played three – games in the last fucking calendar year or some shit. Fuck, he was good. But he, play after play after play. Like, again, look at the Braden point goal and, like, tell me, (laughs) is that not one of the worst defensive breakdowns? How long did Braden point have to put that puck into the net? He probably had about, I mean, okay, if Vladar would have got to him before D-Man did. Totally. So he probably had four seconds to Vladar. Turn himself around and get back in the net, but he probably had six seconds before. It was fucking... unbelievable. He where like... where was the rest of the team? <laughs> I saw Lindholm in the frame, and that was about it. But you're starting because again, like Shillington, he's taking some steps back. I mean, Tanev has been Tanev, but I mean, right now over the past three games, I would say you've really only had one solid defenseman, and it's been Chris Tanev. So, man. How much do you think that the it was 18 games, sorry, 18 days between NHL games for this team when they're not allowed to practice? You have the Christmas break where typically everybody's minds elsewhere, anyways. How much of a factor does that play? I mean, I kind of looked at you know these the Florida teams and the Carolina. You know, they, they had two or three games postponed, but if anything, they just got a nice little break and then right back at it. They haven't missed much action. How much of this can we chalk up? Because this team does – this does not look like the same team we saw before this 18-day hiatus. Yeah, they're not playing with – they're not playing with the same pace. I mean, well, even, for, even, for short stretches, they are. And even with Chicago – I mean, they had bursts that – were enough for them to take over the game against. Yeah. But they didn't dominate those two teams. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I see. I I'm a little more inclined to be like, okay, this is just a roster issue. Cause again, like the last three games, like, I mean, how, how what more can Johnny Gaudreau do? Right. Like, I mean, Lindholm has certainly fallen off. So I think he's maybe been affected by this, but Gaudreau and Chuck certainly have it. 
But but is that does that explain why the the defensive side of the game is broken down so so bad? Or is that just because that's because you're playing against the top three elite offensive teams in the league? Well, it's probably a combination of both. But I mean, the the lack of elite uh, defensemen was exposed. I think more than anything. Yeah, I think it's a combination all three. But again, you can't. I can't help but look at individuals on this roster and be like. Fuck. Like, fuck. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, a three lack, it's a layoff, the lack of elite defensemen, as well as the roster just not good enough. So, but here's where I'm sitting because big picture, like, what do we, what do we care about as Flames fans? Really? I mean, everybody wants to win, right? At the end of the day, you want to win a championship. Anything less, unless you wanted a really good run, it's really tough to swallow at the end of the year. Unless you're on a Cinderella run, unless you you blow away your expectations, then no one really gives a shit if you fucking first or second round of the playoffs. But for a team that has had the same general manager for seven years, like this is a calm year's work. Is where we're at now, where we're saying the roster is still not good enough. Oh yeah, and that's what I was saying at the beginning. Is like I think that's where we're at. Is like, are we gonna are we gonna do this again? It's ring around the fucking rosy. Like we're living in a repeat, right? So it's like, sure, there's lessons to take from this. I like, whatever. They'll probably Daryl will have a game plan. He'll there, there's a lot of teachable moments from this that he'll he'll address with the team. But I mean, I don't think it matters in the larger context because what really matters is does this, does this GM and does this franchise think that this roster can win a Stanley cup? Yes, I agree. Cause like you mentioned, I'm listening to Daryl's pre and post games. And I'm like, Holy fuck, man. Like this guy, he is a hell of a coach, but can he coach this roster to a championship? Like, it doesn't seem like that. That's why I'm saying, where's the one-two punch? Like, you can't just have, like, a, you know, sl- you know, above, slight, I don't know, how far above, I guess, slight mid-above-average mid, mid roster? Is that what we have? Or is it just slightly above-average with a great coach? Well, and see, that's why I was kind of, like, my hypothesis in the summer was everyone's like, oh, Daryl's pulling the strings. It was like, okay, I kind of agree to that maybe with the players that actually came in, right? your Lewis's, your, your Richardson's. But I mean, again, this has been Brad's MO for years. So I, I still think this was part of Brad Tree Living's plan for this team, right? Just fell the edges in with, with shitty players. It's like, it just have, so happens this year, the shitty players were guys Daryl likes. Um, so what's the, vi- again, what's the vision for this team, dude? Like, if you have a coach who's constantly saying how the roster sucks and it's not good enough, what does that say about the GM and what he's doing? Well, and you got to to what you see currently, right? I mean, like the three games we just watched, all three games were very similar. We, we were outmatched big time. It wasn't even like it was close. We were yeah, especially in that lightning game. I thought the Florida game too, in the last two periods, it was just like wave after wave of opposition chances. I wouldn't say we were heavily outmatched, but we were thoroughly outmatched in all yeah. three games. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's, that's, 
those are cup contenders. So you got to go through like that in order to fucking make it to the finals A and B when it's down in the cup. All right. What's the like? That's the measuring stick aspect of these games. It's not are we as good as those teams? Is could we beat those teams in a in a playoff round? And the answer is no. No. Could we win a game? That's another question. <laughs> we I don't... not get swept. Do you maybe you win a game against Carolina? They're probably the weak weakest out of the three. But fuck, how, like the way the way that the Bolts swiftly handle us, man. I don't see how they don't sweep us, dude. But my point is, okay, this could be a blessing if you're a truly shrewd GM, right? Because my point is, like, how much longer does this go on with Brad? exactly? Yeah, because I mean, he's at he's already at seven years. How much? How much longer? I think. When is the crescendo? Have we seen the crescendo? Have we seen the climax? Or is it down the road? And how long down the road will it be if it have, if we haven't seen it yet? And I think the point bringing it back to, you know, bringing it back to now in this moment is how does he get this team over the hump? And can he? I just don't think he can. I don't think he has the hockey mind to do it or the balls. Yeah. He lacks both because it's the age old question of, okay, when do you add? Because apparently the answer to that is never. And I think you just said it is when is this team going to get over? When is he going to be able to get this team over the hump? Well, and he's just—he's tied his own hands, and is—he's bound himself. Oh, exactly. Everyone's hands, like, oh, he's hands got, and he, feet. He's got no cap space. It's like, yeah, I know. Hands and feet. Of course, he has no cap space because he's fucked around for two, the last four or five years. You know, so, well, what can he do? He's got no cap space. It's like, yeah, that's his own problem. He should be able to figure it out. But you know, like, when do you add? If you don't add when you're good, if you don't add when you're bad, if you don't add five years into the plan, you don't add seven years into the plan. Like. I just it 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 see it never ceases to amaze me when I look at the like when Steinberg or whoever tweets out the lines. I'm like, that's our still our Ford group after all this time. It's still that thin. What right. the fuck? Like we, it's st- it's still, still Backlund have... and Monahan in there like every last fucking seven years every fucking game. Like you said, you have all four: Lewis, Richardson, Richie, and Pitlick. I mean, there are a couple of them are sitting tonight, but. So, I mean, and I like, I don't know. It's, I don't know what to think of it because I think if you want to look forward, if you want to take this as an experience, and if you're not blowing it up, then you're asking yourself, well, how do we get to this with this team by adding from where we are now? He has to remove some big pieces and probably back on and Monahan. Well, he's got to do it for the reason of competing for the Stanley Cup this year. Because that's what I was saying. Is like that's what that's the lesson out of all of this. Is like, what does the team think about their odds of winning a Stanley Cup? Because if they think they can win a Stanley Cup with this roster this year, they're fooling themselves. So they either have to make changes for this year, or they have to make changes to win a Stanley Cup next year. And yeah, I 100% agree. It's Backlund and Monahan, or one of those two guys. And I th- and I think you. <laughs> You have to look at, are we, it's kind of what Daryl says, are we building Mm -hmm. towards a cup or not? Because if you're not, then like Kent Wells says, fucking blow it up. 
Like, what are you even playing for? If you're not built, if you can't continue building in the direction, and that's what we're just, this is what we're at, where we're at. We're asking that question. How can you continue? How can you take what you have and make it better? And he's bound his hands and his leg and his feet are tied behind his back, but there's still options. I mean, like what did, how was he going to make Jack Eckle work? You, you can't sit and hear me tell me he was in on it for 10 months and didn't find out a way that he could have made it work cap wise. If he can make Jack Eichel work cap wise, he's got to be able to, to do something. I mean, you've seen some of these trades, you know, in the previous seasons, you know, players like what Nito Niederreier, right? These like these, these middle six guys that are legit middle six guys that you're kind of like, who's that? I think I recognize that name. It's like, oh, he's actually a really good fucking player. I mean, you could probably rattle off a bunch more names because that's kind of well, your MO. Yeah, see, that's where I was going to go with this. Next, it's like, hey, we, it doesn't even need to be, okay, we trade the entire franchise for Jack Eichel, right? It I just needs, it it's be. like, what what was on our wish list in the summer? Just like some shrewd moves. That's all I want. Like, I think Gold, Mike Gold had a tweet about it. Somebody was like, the Flames haven't added an impact forward in trade since like, for like five years. And he's like, forget impact forward. How about like NHL caliber forward? Right. Think, like, yeah, I think where you're at is you're not trying to get a 30 plus goal scorer. You're just trying to get, get two, some, yeah. You're trying to get two 15 plus goal scorers. Get some good hockey players in the middle of this lineup. Like it does don't, the same thing. Exactly. You don't need to blow your whole wad. Like it doesn't need to be all or nothing right now. Let's just get a couple good players, man. How great would a, a Verstig edition be right now? When totally. The caliber of player that he was when, he, when we added him to the team, sure, he was kind of at the end of his career, but fuck, did he ever take our power play? He quarterbacked the whole thing single-handedly. He made it pretty elite. Plus, he added a pretty depth scoring. What do you put in the third line? Probably in the middle six. Yeah, he played on the top line occasionally with Monahan and Gaudreau. Like we just a good need- utility guy. We need two or three players like that. We don't need to be re-signing Brett Ritchie for the millionth time. We need to be signing him alongside Trevor Lewis, alongside Brad Richardson. I don't like the other thing people are keep throwing out there is do you try some of these young guys? They fill that gap right now. I'm more hesitant to think that they're ready, but if you're Brad, you can't look at the past three games and be like, we're gonna stay pat. We're gonna stand pat. Yeah, standing. You're seven years in, but where do you go from here? You have to move forward. If you're Brad Tree Living, you can't be like, well, I think we'll just kind of muddle and maybe we'll take one step. But you know, he can't take any more steps back. He has to somehow find a way to move. And yeah. like you said, the current roster is not doing it. He's got to do something. Like, if you added, like, I don't even think Jake DeBrusque is that great of a player, but like Jake DeBrusque. What, what if you found a way to get like Kevin Fiella out of mini or something like just like, that's all you really need. Right. But he's put himself in this position where it's like this weird path of least resistance, where he's not going to go one way or the other. He's not going to make any big moves. He's not going to, he's just going to tinker like a little bit around the edges. And it's like, now the, the big moments are coming where it's like, okay, now you are facing signing Gaudreau, Chuck, Manchapani, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, fuck. That's a, that's like, right. A whole nother fucking issue we got. <laughs> so it's just but, like all these things are culminating, and he's not seemingly going to do anything. 
if you're gonna if you're a tinkerer and you want to tinker for two three seasons just around the edges you better sure shit better not be against the cap for those three seasons that's like i mean that's yeah what you colorado, can't be capped out exactly that's what colorado did so they kind of just like tinker they removed remember they removed duchene yeah they kind of just was fucking weird. fortune they waited they just kept up free more cap more cap and like yeah okay we're pretty good let's make then they go and add those guys. Well, and it's like the tinkering, the unnecessary tinkering at the end of the offseason that pissed us off the most. It was like, oh, sweet. The Flames still have like four million cap space. Oh, we just signed four guys and now it's gone. And now you can't add anybody mid-season because you are capped out. This point at the beginning of the season, instead of those four or five guys, yeah, Richie, Richardson, Lewis, you could have afforded to Foley. You could have had... You could- like what are you doing? You could have been. You could have slipped Thomas Hurdle into the lineup, no problem. Had you not signed like Gabranson and four other guys, it's just like pick one, and that's why it's so valuable to have good players who are young and on cheap deals, and you can just put them in the lineup and send them down if you make a trade. And that's why I'm saying you need a GM that has the brains and the balls because Brad is not putting priority over. And- 20 to 30 goal scorer and something like the Foley makes 4.5 mil. Well, you know what? Like when he, when he yeah. blows his wad on these five like plug players, exactly. There, there's the lack of the brains. If it is Daryl Sutter calling the shots, then he's lacking the balls to be like, no, you know what? That's not going to make our team better. Well, I think he does lack the balls for this simple reason. Like the guy can't trade Sean Monahan or Michael Backlund. Like he's so fucking scared to do that. You know, he lets Joe go. Yeah, he's fine letting Gio. But again, like I think that is, I think that is lack of balls because he didn't have the balls to make a decision on that. So his decision was rather, oh, there's my hands are tied, I'll lose them. And then every like right, every, everyone was on board with that. Everyone was like, oh, what's Tree Living supposed to do? He's really good at making those moves where it's like, well, what's he supposed to do? You know, his hands are tied. Like he just, he, it's the path of least resistance. Like he's, as this. He At just lets point, shit kind of like play out, like he's like he, like he's like a, a third party arbiter just watching shit. It's like he's not responsible for the decision. He just lets things kind of just happen, and then, oh, you know, like yeah. have some balls, make a plan, get something you need, identify some shit you want, and go make it happen, bud. At this point, you got to find a suitor for Monahan. That's that's number one. Well, dude, at this point, I'm ready to like murder Michael Backlund. Is this guy get like what the? I okay. I know every Sean Monahan sucks. He absolutely sucks. Michael Backlund sucks worse right now. He's fucking terrible. Who would you trade first? You trade Backlund first. Whoever you trade, whoever of those two, you can get rid of. Period. And like you said, like this, he's at the he has to do this. Like how else? What is he going to do? What are his other options? You got no one to call up. No one's going to save this. I mean, we saw Phillips. Phillips is not going to cut it, man. It's no, just no, like no. Phillips would be a long-term project. He's not coming to save this. Push uh, this a young kid, I, I think that would be more a solution to like, okay, the fourth line's getting killed every night. You'd be like, okay, that, that, if you could at least get some guys who can, you know, have some speed, generate some offense and well, from the fourth line, that'd be nice. And not just like be a liability every time they're on the ice, but it's not going to fix the overall problem of the only, which is the only guy who on his team scores is Johnny Gaudreau. So, so I honestly, I I honestly think 
first domino, first step is you trade Sean Monahan. You got to try and find as get as much value as you can. But at this point, if you're looking at, you know what? If you just shed, if if you could shed his hundred up, how little back are you happy with? I'm willing to give up Monahan for nothing at this point. Like I, people are ready to buy him out, dude. He's four goals this year, and the reason why because you can get, you can because he Brad has no more money against the cap left. He's spent up against the cap. The reason you say that you'd be happy to give away for nothing is because then you could go and add someone of value that can actually contribute to this team scoring goals. Then you could actually make a deal for Hurdle. I don't see how you're getting Hurdle, dude. This guy is going off. The move for Hurdle would have been <laughs> at the fucking hurdle. opportune time at the end of last season. What's what's opportune time? Brad doesn't understand leverage or timing or anything. Even this group, when we're good and bad. But I think you're right because those are your your two. I suggested maybe shopping Lucic around when he hit his twelfth goal, and everybody yeah, fucking I got think mad. So, oh, well, big surprise. Dude, like, do you want to move forward? Do you want to win? Like, do you want to win a playoff round? Like, this this being stuck, like, it's just, like I said earlier, when I see the lines every night, it's like, I cannot believe that a lot of these same guys are still on this team. You know, like, how is Sean Monaghan not traded two years ago? The nice thing is, like, I... The fact that the roster is not good enough anymore because the coaching is so terrible. Like that's one good thing that you know Daryl does well, right? He he exposes your weaknesses because fucking Brett Ritchie's in the top six. <laughs> Fuck. Anyways, like yeah, I that they're gonna make the playoffs. They'll still be fine. But again, what do you want? What's the goal here? Well, this is one thing Daryl did say in one of his interviews was don't put the cart before the horse just because they had some success out of the shoot. At the end of the day, coming into the season, you're looking at this team, you're like, yeah, they're going to fight for a playoff spot. He keeps reminding the media of this. We didn't remind ourselves of this. Just like, where did we think this team was at the start of the season? They've ex- exceeded expectations due to how well they performed in the, the new coaching system and stuff. But at the, at the end of the day, they still have the, the issue with the you know, lack of scoring in the roster and the roster being good enough as a whole. But I think Daryl, where he's going to push this team, he's going to get everything he can out of them. I think he thinks that this team can make a play, make the playoffs. And I think his MO is just get in. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I don't know if we were talking about trusting and stuff or what I trust. Cause I think a few weeks ago we were talking about how, like, I, we don't think anything can, you know, throw this team off in terms of like what Daryl Sutter wants them to do and stuff. Um, I, I have utmost faith in Daryl Sutter. I have utmost, utmost faith in Johnny, Joe and Matthew Chuck. I have utmost faith in Jacob Markstrom unless he's hurt or he's just like recovering or something. Um, but I don't have utmost faith in Bradshaw living to do what's necessary 
So um, that's kind of where I'm at. I think. Yeah, I'm in the exact same boat. And if you're looking at these last three games, if it wasn't for you, Brad, of what you need to do to make this team better, it's like clear as fucking day. You don't have enough depth scoring. You know, like you always hear the saying defense wins championships. And, you know, we were like, no, let's, you know, but what Daryl's saying is depth wins championships. We don't have depth. We don't. Well, yeah, like he was saying that in terms of the Florida game. And it's like, you just look at that Panthers lineup, right? And it's like, can you imagine if we had one of those, two of those guys who are on like their third line? Like if the Flames had picked up Carter for Hagee last year or Anthony Duclair, like how much better is your team even with one of those pickups, right? How much deeper is your team with one of those guys? And then they added um, the ex-Calgary Flame son. <laughs> Lomber? No. The really good one. I think I would think he was playing. What's his nuts? No. From Buffalo. The ex-Calgary Flames son? Who's that? Well, he's his dad used to play for the Oh, Flames. Mason Marchment? Oh, Sam Reinhardt. Jesus Christ. Reinhardt. Yeah, they add okay. So the, yeah, like that's what I mean, right? Look what the Panthers did in the offseason. They add Sam Reinhardt, add Sam Bennett, who's been great for them. They add last offseason, they had Anthony Duclair. Um and what's his name? Carter, Carter Verhage. Like you, if you put That's four, two, if you put two of those guys, like I, I remember the pan. I was following what the Panthers were doing closely last off season, and that was the year they signed Duclair to a one year deal and Verhage to a one year deal. And they'd also picked up Alex Wenberg, who's on Seattle now, and it's like they added those three guys. Like, can you imagine if the Flames? If can you imagine if that was the those three guys were on the Flames, it's those three guys: Verhage, Wenberg, Duclair. Like, fuck me. Compare that now, to now Richie. Depth. Now you compare that to Richie Lewis and Richardson. Like, let's say your second line is Verhage between Coleman and Mangiapane, and your third line is Backlund with Duclair and uh, Wenberg. Like, give me a fucking break. That's so much better than watching Dubé like look like he's <laughs> a fish out of water and Sean Monahan. Like, I don't even know how this guy's in the NHL anymore. But, and I mean, they added Joe Thornton. It's just like, at, you know, like, man. And, and that's what's frustrating to me is like when we have the star power, right? It's like you've seen how well that top line can play. Like they've been the best top line in the league for a lot of this year. It's like that's the hardest thing to get is that top line talent. It's like you kind of have, you kind of have that right now. So it's like filling around the edges should be the easy part. Apparently not. Yeah, he's got a target threat, guys. You got to go for more of the middle of the pack. Like those guys, you just rattled off. Except for Reinhardt, he's he's a stud. Yeah, Reinhardt. I didn't even mention Reinhardt. Can you imagine adding Reinhardt, Duclair, and Verhage to the Flames? Can you imagine that's your second line? Come on. Oh man, he's got a he's he has to make what two additions? I think who are not depth defensemen. He's got to do something, dude. You can't just like, you can't, you can't just see where you stack up against the best teams in the league. End of your tenure, and be like, we're just gonna hold Pat. Yeah. Well, he's got to do something specifically. This is different than like 
us being on here two years ago when Jeff Ward is the coach bitching about how why Bradshaw Living doesn't make the team better. This is in the context of like you're saying, this is it for him, you think. He's getting to the end. And also in the context of Daryl Sutter's here for two more years to win a Stanley Cup, do something. Like what? There's, there's no choice here. There's no way this there, you have to. There's no reason to hang on Monahan anymore. Dude, that Unless, ship sailed. The only reason would be no one wants him. But Which in that case, true. in that case, you you make you find someone. Like there's gotta be, there's gotta be somebody that can use him. I could see him if he if he played with a really good team that had a lot of depth. He could start going off. There's not just not enough depth. He can't. We can't afford. If he played 30 more games with Johnny and another winger that was good, he'd score 10, 15 more. But we, we can't yeah, afford we can't afford. Line. I was thinking that tonight because I was like, I remember us talking about is there a solution to put Monahan back in the top six, right? Like, could you put him with Kudrow and Kachuk? And I was thinking that tonight when he was playing with Kudrow and Manjapani, I was like, hey, this would be, I'd like to see him play with two guys like this for five or six games. But then it's like 40 minutes into the game and it's like, fuck, he sucks and you need a goal so bad, you got to put the top line back together. Like, it's not a luxury we can, we don't have the luxury to like work out on hands issues right now. Even if all you did was seek out a power play specialist. Someone totally that... Fuck, we haven't even talked about the power play. Someone that is... Well, Sean Monaghan used to be someone that just scored goals. Even if he just scored goals in the power play, and he was only scores 15 a season. That would be an upgrade right now on what we have. I think personally, the PP is making you look worse than you actually probably really or truly are. Well, on, uh, yeah, like honestly, like you, you got outplayed pretty, pretty badly for large chunks of the last three games, especially in Tampa. But come on, the power play lost you those games. Well, on the penalty kill in the first game against the, the yeah. Panthers, like special teams five, lost you those games. Five on first, five, I thought they were total. They were great against Florida in the first period for sure. Yeah, the, the first period against Florida five on five, they dominated. Tonight, they dominated five on yep. five against the Canes. But special teams in Florida sunk us hard and fast, and then and then that was it. That was the game, and we had no pushback. Can you give run? Do you have the game stats for all three games? Okay, run through them because, like I said in the last one, I'm always curious when you're sitting like, holy fuck, we're getting dominated. Holy shit, we lose 6-2. What was it against? Was it 4-1 against the, the 4-1 Lightning? against Tampa, yeah. Was it tonight 6-3? Hi, we'll get back to the show in just a moment. Just got to fit in a word from our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings is an official sports betting partner of the NHL, and right now they have a great promotion going on where new customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win 100 bucks in free bets if either team scores. So there's no ties anymore, so somebody's going to score eventually. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet or you're in Canada, no problem. You can play for huge cash prizes over at DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports and use their Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with your first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code THPN to throw down $1 on any NHL game, 
and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. The promo code is THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. You gotta be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's like, holy fuck. But I'm curious if you're looking at just five on five. Give us across the board and then obviously tell us the how the special teams shook out too. I'm curious to just kind of look at the three games as a whole. Well, it was surprising the Florida game that the five on five numbers and tonight actually favored the Flames. Like the Flames, it was a high event game against Florida. That's where I think it kind of got out of control is like the Flames didn't have the firepower to go toe to toe. And there was and, no defense. And there was no fucking defense. <laughs> like Rasmus Anderson and Hannafin like took the night off hard. The last three nights off, like they sucked. Like how much of our defensive kind of stumbling here? Because there was games before this road trip, before the break, I think. When was the game where Daryl was like, yeah, all, all six D-men <laughs> look like they were, what did he say? Like, I think it was a San Jose game, maybe. Yeah, that was before the, the hiatus. Yeah, yeah, that was before. Like, so, so this little trend that we're going down right now where, where the three behemoth teams we just played really exposed it, um, the whole defensive trend, we're not playing as good as defense. No, lately. not good as team defense and especially the blue liners. Like, like I said, I think the last three games, Anderson, Shillington, Hannafin, have been terrible. And then your goaltending has been average. Yeah. Like, I mean, Zadorov was probably the best defense. Like, it was probably the best defense in the last three games. Maybe two, uh, Tanev, sorry. But, I mean, shit. Those those three guys and Hannafin and Anderson are your top pairing. They suck last three games. Anyways. Hey, can, yeah, break us down. Panthers and the Flames tie shot attempts 63 apiece. The Flames dominated a lot. In, the score effect was real. Like, the Flames pushed hard in the third. So, that's going to skew some of these five-on-five five numbers. Um, scoring chances for 38 by Florida. 45 for the Flames at five-on-five. Five. This can't is a high-event game, but can't finish, right? I mean, I even, look at, yeah. even look at – just pause for a second. Even look at tonight. You have that one that we mentioned, Monaghan. You have the one, you know what? Like, let's see who this was. I wrote it down because you have Dubé come down. Oh, he gets the puck all alone in the slot, all alone in the slot, shoots it wide. You had Rasichka. Look, I get it. He's a call up. He had those like two, three opportunities where he fucking, he has got a good shot to score. Can't hit the fucking net. And it was Steppen. Derek Steppen comes down. He's got three guys in very close proximity to him. Compare that to Dubé. Got no one on him at all. Chance to score all alone in the slot. Misses the net. Stepin has three guys converging on him. He releases it, scores. Hits the net. Just hit the fucking net. Just hit the net and have a guy you can snipe. Like, how do you score? How do you... When when one of your biggest weaknesses on your team is the ability inability to score goals and finish, why aren't you hitting the net? How hard is it? And I get it. It is hard. But these guys are like they're in the NHL. Pros. You'd expect these pros 
to hit the fucking net way more often. Sportsnet threw up an interesting stat on Blake Coleman. Did you see that? Yeah, shooting percentage. His shots per game are the highest has been in his last four years. Slightly, but they're up there. But his shooting percentage is, is like he's he usually hovers around 10. It's down to around a five. So that might indicate, because right in the two previous seasons with Juan Giapani being one of the players, and I think it was Levo, the other one, mm-hmm. where that was a stat we were monitoring. We're like, well, just hang on, because that should even itself out. They're That's going to start going in. Maybe that'll be the case for Coleman. It's hopefully got in. Fuck, dude. Like, I actually get fucked backland. I actually kind of liked Coleman with Lindholm and Kachuk for those few shifts he was out there for. He was buzzing in the first. So maybe old 11 is dragging him down and, and just split those guys up. But well, the guy that can never hit the, he missed the net again tonight, didn't he? Dude, has he hit the net once in the last seven games? There was one play. I think it was a two on one where he actually shot it. And hit the net. I was like, wow, I'm blown away. And I was happy. I was like, all I cared about was just him hitting the net. That's a start. And then he missed it again tonight. He looks so checked out. But isn't that just one one simple thing? Like, these guys aren't allowed to practice for, what was it, 12 days? They couldn't just fucking work. They don't have a net at home. Just practice your shot. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) I don't want to see you at the fucking hot tub, Blake. I want to see you shooting. In the basement. On the flip side, Johnny Gaudreau still has a shot. Lucky's good. Lucky's got that figured out. Okay. Anyways, the Flames had more high danger chances than the Panthers, nineteen to sixteen. Like I said, this was a wild game. Lots of scoring chances. Um, and then the expected goals for share of the Flames edged the Panthers again. Pretty much skewed by a push in in the third period. Fifty-seven percent to forty-three percent. So, like when it's all said and done. Not a bad night, five on five for the Flames, but against dude, one like, of the best five on five teams in the league. Exactly, but you kind of get burned by their skilled players, like Ryan Lomberg. <laughs> but you fucking suck on the power play, and that's the game. You knew Ryan Lomberg was going to score against you. Well, you somebody said, like, imagine if our fourth, if our bottom six included like Hathaway and Lomberg instead of fuck. like fuck me. No, we had to let them go and then go get tougher after. Exactly. I don't get it. Like we need toughness. Anyways, so what was the special teams breakdown in the Florida game? We well, went over. We went over, and what? we they almost let in a shorthanded goal against. Yeah, didn't they? Didn't they have that like, breakaway or whatever? Was it over one? I think it was over two. How many PPs do we have? Two pulling up right now and then florida went they got at least two those first two goals dude they they went off they were like on a fucking i'm so annoyed sam bennett didn't play yeah he well he would though right isn't that something he would do get suspended right before we play him like right before it's actually the most uh sam bennett thing you could ever do Get fucking suspended. What a dumbass. So they had two PP goal PPGs. And I had an issue with the refing in that Florida game. Because we were taking it to them. We've seen this too many times in the home, the home officiating. Yeah, it's fucking brutal. Where it's just like the first penalty we got, 
Yeah, it was up around the hands, but it was his free hand that wasn't even on the stick first. Dude, that's lame. That's and fucking. Then, that's weak as shit. And then when he brought his hand back to the stick, that's why the stick was there. And then he, and then whoever that was took the stick out. It's like, dude, you are reaching for a call. Like you're looking for penalties. I guess that's their job, but but do you know what I mean? It's just like you're making shit up. Yeah. But like, anyways, if you they go two for three on the power play, you go over two. That's the game. Yeah, that's the game in Florida. So I'm I was correct then. The PPs make you look worse than you probably are for the Florida game. Let's go to the next game. Well, I think fuck dude, the lightning is like the lightning are so good like how fucking good are they like wasn't that if i was lost just, i wasn't even just, mad to be honest watching that game i was like fuck are they good they're just all around i mean florida is more fun to watch because they're just exciting they're just so offensive it's ridiculous like on the power play cooch makes that uh like i honestly think he's the best player in the league holy cow he's good he makes that clapper one-time pass over to Stamkos to hit the post. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. He's fucking dangerous. Anyways, Lightning have 52. And the thing is about the Lightning is they can beat the Flames their own game too. Like, it's very rare the Flames lose the possession battle, right? Like, they didn't have the puck at all. Like, did they have the puck at all last against Tampa Bay? Barely at all. I don't think so. So Tampa gets 52 shot attempts at five on five to the Flames, 32. Yike. Scoring chances, 37 for uh, Tampa Bay, 20 for the Flames. So they, you know, created a little bit. And then high danger chances. Holy shit. The Lightning had 12. Flames had five. Yikes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, a sound beatdown. Except the one silver lining when you want to talk about beatdown. Did you enjoy Gabranson being the shit out of Pat Maroon? Yes. I sure did. It was a lot better than Noah Hannafin, like not fighting. What the fuck was he doing? What's he doing? It's like, dude, you do realize he's You're... trying to injure your face with his fist. You do realize that, right? You I'm... might want to get involved in the fight a little bit. Like, I mean, he did a pr- like that was the least eventful fight I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I've seen fights where the other player doesn't drop the gloves and they're like, no, I'm not fighting, but Noah Hannafin has gloves off and he was fighting, not fighting. Anyways, he that's just, no, he didn't. He just shoved him in the boar's heart. He did not want any part of that at all. But like, you're already fighting. He's trying to injure you. Might as well fight back. But no, I, a, I, I guess you, you just, dude, he's you just a selected the, yeah. Just like to hang on. You thought that was his best course of action. <laughs> I wonder who Sam Bennett would will lay out first when he plays the Flames. I go back one day. Tor. Be sweet. Or Brett Ritchie, fucking give him another concussion. Probably. Anyways, I don't know what else to say about the Lightning game. It wasn't like like really good. Cassie was like, um... oh, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you, you got something to say about Cassie? <laughs> nope. I'll tell you what I think about COVID for the next 60 minutes. Okay? It's just like, okay, you already talk over the game enough. Can you at least talk about hockey? Do you have to talk about COVID the whole fucking Holy time? fucking shit. And then I'm looking at my phone and I'm thinking, what if I test? They score. 
Oh, God. <laughs> At least she didn't continue talking over the goal. Right? She's done that before. Oh, she's done that before. It's like, could you shut the fuck up? But anyway, she's saying, yeah, I don't, I don't think this is a fight Maroon wants to get into. Maroon fucking started that shit. Yeah, Maroon started that shit. He's a shit disturber. But why didn't he take his gloves off? Dude, he got fucking beat up. Dude, Maroon's a bitch. I was just like, fuck, I love Branson in that moment. I wish, yeah, I want Branson to beat the piss out of somebody on the Oilers next. Branson had um, some some heavy, heavy plays tonight, too. He has been playing meaner. Dude, what a sick-ass pass to Johnny, though. Oh, fuck. Holy shit. That was unbelievable. Like That Can was you, great. Just from a defense of um, the blue line, I know you track this kind of game to game. How have the defense been faring out in terms of game stats? Well, not good. Like Ander- like I said, Anderson and uh, Hannafin got killed the last three games. Like, killed. And then um, what about the... Branson and Zadorov have been okay. I, I thought okay. they, yeah. I thought they got okay. exposed by the lightning, like especially on that one rush goal. Like, yeah. Branson's yeah. way high and Zadorov swimming, but I thought they've been okay. Well, because like I asked, because this is one thing you see on social media. It's just like everybody has a hate on for those two. Yeah. I, like uh, Branson and, and Zadorov. But... I've publicly said I've had no, like, I think Zadorov's been fine. And I think he's I think been fine too. The last three games, he's been fine. Like, I mean, dude, they, he was I, fucking wheeling and dealing. Was it the Florida game? Yeah, he, he banked off the post or something. Yeah, he's up in the rush. He looks good. So I don't have a huge issue with those two guys. Like, I mean, I think they were two of the best, better players tonight for sure. And you're saying Shillington's kind of falling off a bit, but Tana's holding his own. Right. Yeah, I, that's just me watching. That's more of my eye test. Just I, I feel like Shillington's been a bit out of control. You know, like he needs to reel it back in. It's kind of like yeah. we joke about how he's on coke, <laughs> but it's like it's kind of true. It's like he needs to find a a game where he's less chaotic. Like I thought he was okay tonight, but well, fuck, he's not steadfast at all on the on the power play. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> you chill out yeah. there, bud. Um, but again, like the two defensemen who have sucked ass and gotten killed the last three games, Anderson and Hannafin. Yeah. Did you finish the game test for Lightning? Uh, yeah. Okay, give us the Canes. Fuck, why do I have the Dallas Stars game up right now? Jeez Louise. Man, the first period we dominated. That was a great Dude, that was one period. of the best first periods they've watched. When they scored that goal, though, that tying goal, I was like, I knew I, I was well, I could feel it. I got had that feeling. Me too. It was a couple minutes before they scored. I was like, yeah. oh fuck. You were this like, is... yeah. Yeah. So great first period from the Flames, but end of the night, the Hurricanes have 49 shot attempts to the Flames, 48. They outchanced them 27 to 24. And they the Flames did uh pick up more high danger chances though, 12 to 8. And the expected that's, a... that's yeah, Good. that's what was um, expected? Expected goals for Hurricanes to have 51% to the Flames, 49%. So, so that's an even game five on that's five. That's a close-ass game five on five, man. That's How a game the... you lose on the fucking power play. You, you, get the power, you got the power play? Dude, they had that late power play after Johnny scores. It, two in a row, dude. Two in a row, and you fucking didn't did they even get a shot. God, it looks so bad tonight. Sucked ass. So, like... You're starting to see them tinker, but what was it? Was it against the Lightning? Were they actually trying the one timers? 
Well, they had Lindholm and Johnny Swift. They finally fucking tried it back to normal tonight. But then they had the unit we've been wanting for the longest time. Monjon number one with Shillington. But I don't even know if I want Shillington there anymore. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know what to do. I would like. I think I'm, I'd rather take Zadorov. <laughs> no, no I'm shit, not even dude. Ki- I'm not. Even I'm kidding. not even kidding. At least he can shoot the fucking. But like, I but rat- just, just yeah. make sure Johnny is sticking high if he needs to chase someone. The thing is, else. whenever he, unless even fuck, I can't talk. Rasmus or Shillington, it was like on the power play. If the they're never in the right spot. Like, because Cassie was blabbing about how, oh, I want to see Rasmus Anderson set up for the one-timer. Johnny tries to set him up for the one-timer all the fucking time, and he's out. He's always out of position to take a pass. I don't know what he's doing. Watch Rasmus Anderson if he's on the power play again. If Johnny ever sets him up for a one-timer, he's like, it's always like he's receiving the puck in his feet, and it's not because the pass is bad. It's because he's standing there like a fucking idiot. And then Shillington, you saw him whiff on a one-timer tonight, and he was all over the place. So I don't know what to do. Look, if it was 10 games ago, Shillington would have been perfect. But he's, yeah. like you said, he's gotten you know, cracked out. Zadorov looks to me like the most offensive. <laughs> he's a bit of – he would scare me as a last man standing back there. Oh, man. But maybe, but maybe you uh, do know who wants her to over I don't know, dude. You've got, like, I don't know how this power play continues to be a sore spot for this team for like three years in a row, like all the time. Like, can somebody explain it to me? Like, when you've got the best playmaker in the world out there and they can't fucking make it anything work, you can't figure out a way to set up a. I don't even care about a one timer. I want a play that's got more than one pass before there's a shot. Is that too hard? Like, did you watch Tampa Bay work the puck on the power play? It's like unbelievable. They go, you got to go cross ice, cross ice, cross ice. That opens it up. I know you got to have more than one pass before the shot. It's not that hard. And I mean, I heard Daryl talking about it. It's like, oh, they just need to shoot more, which I agree with. They need to do one or the other. They didn't do either. They just fucking passed around the outside of the pass around the horn and then like do nothing. So the power play, I'm just looking now, 0 for 4 tonight. Brutal. Against the Canes. 0 for 3 against the Lightning. I think it's 0. Somebody said it 0 was 0 for like, 2. It's against, like 3 for 30 or something. 0 for 2 against Florida. Against the, I mean, sure, they all got good penalty kills because they're really good teams. But you, you cannot go 0 for 9. Against the best top, best three teams in the league. Yeah, like, you could, you could have, you could have, you could have got a point out of the. You should have got a point tonight, and your power play let you down. And even Daryl said it straight up. Was it against Tampa Bay? He was like, "Our power play sucked." That was his quote. Nah, it's been bad. So I'm glad they're trying new things, but man, they got to work on that shit. Like, fuck. I just don't get how it's so hard. Like, you watch other teams. We have good power plays. Like, just do what Tampa does. I know you don't have Kucher, you don't have the skill, but you well, can't you, do that. You got Johnny, you know, one of like the best distributors. Control. There's like, half the time when, like, when Rasmus Anderson's out there, you're just like, why aren't you giving the puck to Johnny at every fucking moment you can? What are you gonna do, bud? Right, like he'll skate around with it. It's like every, every time Rasmus gets the puck on the power play, this it's dead. Oh my god, yeah, it's dead. just a matter of time. He it's might skate like, oh, around. Great. What's he, he gonna skate, do? He might skate a giant circle <laughs> around the entire ozone before he turns it over. But he's turning it over, dude. He still doesn't have a goal this year. 
Fuck, he's pissing me off, dude. He's been really bad the last three games. Yeah, hard him and Hanford stunk. Hard to watch. I will give them some kudos. They almost came back tonight, dude. If their power play, if their power play didn't suck, you come back tonight. You get a point. Huge gutsy win. Like I again, give them major credit for sticking in there. Johnny Gaudreau, fucking baller, finishes, buries that shit in a huge moment of the game. Man, I think it's power play. Totally, that's that's not ready to be your captain yet. Again, he gets you back in the game tonight. It's just too. It's too easy to shut the flames down because it's like, even when you get like what, like I said, off the top of this, what more. Could you have got from good? Like, how many points? How many goals did Goudreau have on this trip? I think he, he scored in the Florida game for sure. So he scores two goals in three games. Like, what else do you want from this guy? It falls on the guys who aren't doing what they're supposed to do. If you get a power play goal from Sean Monahan in one of these last three games, you probably pick up a point or two. So, I mean, the, the Bolts, I mean, going through the game stats, the Bolts, that game wasn't close, but. Five on five against Florida and Carolina. Those are really tight games. So I think I'm right. <laughs> the power play is making you look a lot worse than you probably are. Yeah, totally. It's it's making everything, it's accentuating all your flaws because you you can't even get yourself one power play goal out of the last nine opportunities in those three games. If you score on the power play tonight, you win. And look. We've been harping on the power play all season, even when it was eighth in the league. That's starting to plummet. But why? Because you can you can sense it. It's just like there is no killer instinct. It's not deadly. It's not dangerous. Have you like when was the last time you saw a power play? The odd time we'll get a power play like, ooh, that was actually like we generated quite a bit. Never are you like, whoa, that was fucking dangerous. I want dangerous. Like you said, we have the fucking manpower. What is the problem? It's just so static. Like they got, yeah, they're not they're not doing what all the really successful power plays do. They don't move it around. Like, and you don't see enough cross ice. Why isn't Johnny? You should have two options. That's what I'm saying. Every time the puck is on somebody's stick, there should be more. There's only one option. There should be more. More than one on the man advantage. Like every time Gaudreau gets it, you know who he's going to pass to because he's only got one option every time. And you know they're they're the the most wide open option they're always going to give him is up to fucking Tweedledee up there, fucking Rasmus Anderson. <laughs> oh, how I would miss Geo just fucking blasting it right now. My fuck, he'd be nice to have in the park. Holy fuck, dude! All uh, seriously, the rumor is they're. You're gonna trade him? Get him here. Fuck. Seriously. Of course they're gonna trade him, man. We fucking called that shit from day one. <laughs> I think we called the tree living. It's gonna get him too. Watch you will. Fuck. This will be the one thing he like blows his load on. Flames have traded a first round pick. Jacob Pelche. Sources are saying tree living is willing to give up about third three times more than he would have had to keep Mark Giordano. <laughs> It's funny because it's true. Although Geo's had a rough go offensively for the Kraken this year, but yeah, well, that team's a bit of a mess, dude. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what they were thinking. Dude. What the they overthought that shit. A little too smart. It's a little too smart for their own good there. Well, it's, I think we said this. It's like like this is you what three seasons ago. 
you had the template for instant success and you didn't want to do that? Like, come on. Like, how more easy could it be laid out for you? You had the same rules. Everything was made. Like, you could have just done. It's like I was saying with the Tampa Power Plays. Do a tent. Like, just do what Vegas did. Easy. Francis goes in there. It's just like, okay, I got it. Here's what we're going to do. It's like Georgia. We're going to do everything opposite of what Vegas did. Hear me out. This is going to blow your mind. We're going to do everything the opposite. Chicken salad. You know, okay, one, the opposite of tuna. <laughs> the op, uh, one, one more thing that I, I picked up from Daryl after tonight's game. And I think he said this earlier on in the road trip, too. Yeah, he was talking about Florida because they played so many home games. But Daryl is, is pointing to the stat, to the fact that the Calgary Flames have played 22 road games. And I think it's only 11 or something at home. They suck at home, though. True, but that, yeah, but and they're really good on the road. So I don't know how much of a factor this is, but in theory, you should be good. You should be better at home, right? Or at least just as good. Well, it'd be nice to have a home stand. That'd be nice. That's true. And he is saying, you know, based on the travel and the the start of this, you know, he says we're lucky to be where we are. So. There's still some, you know, still some hope that, uh, hey, we're in a good spot. It's not like we're trying to fucking, well, since the last fucking, that. what, three seasons where you're trying to climb out a fucking 10 game hole. It's not like, <laughs> exactly. Right. You're still in third in the, in the division and pretty comfortable. You still feel like you should make the playoffs. And I mean, hey, like we got killed by, you lost to three really good teams, but I mean, I thought the, they didn't hold their own, but like we just said, like they kind of went toe to toe with the Panthers. If you have a guy who can score goals and your defense doesn't suck, you could maybe win that game. So oh, even if your power play is good or during, during average, yeah, so even average would have been good. We were zero percent, zero percent good. You <laughs> you hung in there five on five with three of the best teams. Well, two of the three of the best teams that you played. So there, there's some things that you can pull away. And still, I honestly, when you don't play NHL hockey for 18 games, it's like starting your, your season late. Imagine starting imagine starting your season three weeks after everybody else. So I think you can factor in a little bit of that as well. But I don't know. We, I think it's just so clear that Yes, this team is good under Daryl Sutter, but they need the roster's not where it needs to be to compete with the best teams in the league. Yeah, 100%. All right. Who do we play next? Fuck, I don't know. Isn't it all going to be canceled? I know the Ottawa game is going forward, and that's all I know. We're going back to tarp land, eh? Apparently. I swear to God, if they put those fucking tarps on those seats, I will lose my mind. I can't stand the sight of those things. Well, I Toronto's see, got them. Up, I saw so them in Toronto, and I almost going up, bro. Recoiled in horror. So I see that to... goddamn Dodge Ram truck in those tarps. I'll barf. If I have to listen to fucking Beasley all <laughs> with the zero people in the seat, it's like, dude, there's no one there. Just chill. So stupid. So they're not oh, allowed I, to have. They're not allowed to have one fan. They're not. There's zero. I think it's fifty percent capacity. 
As far as I know, season ticket holders were told that the game is a go on the 13th. So that's Ottawa. 50% capacity. No food. No drink. No talking. No breathing. No cheering. Should be an enjoyable experience. No enjoying. Yeah, no enjoying. You if you smile, you're fucking dead. You can you you can go, but you can't enjoy yourself. You're yeah. fucking dead. If you smile, look down. You'll have a red dot on your shirt. <laughs> and you'll so, quit smiling real fast. That game is apparently a go. The Islanders game is a no go. So they get a few days off here. Okay, so the, it's just this is what the provinces have different regulations in. We're allowed fifty percent, but. Yeah, but I guess like I is it I don't know why the Islanders game is canceled and the Ottawa game is a go and it looks like as of now the Vegas game is postponed on Saturday. So is it a border thing? Don't know. I think it is. It seems to be must the be Canadian, the Canadian teams that are playing in Canada right now are because they're playing other Canadian teams. But then they play Florida on the, the next week. Well, it, it just has to be been, a go. So it just hasn't been postponed yet. I think. Yeah, probably. It's interesting though. Hey, it was pretty uh, full in Tampa, and well, Florida is always empty, but it's pretty full in Carolina. Isn't that odd? Eh? You can have full stadiums in the United States, but tarps not in Canada. Tarps, tarps in Canada. You get fans in the states, but tarps in Canada. <laughs> 